Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer in Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the... Forgotten Entertainment Family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is my co-host and self-proclaimed sexual cannibal, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? <laughs> I don't know how I can live up to that intro, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you got Did me. Did you on at least that get one. it? Because we both watched the movie. Did you get it? I didn't get it. All right, you watched Quiz Lady, and I I watched Quiz Lady too. I, I did. I just don't remember that line. I guess. Oh, oh. it's so early on. So I like know. when she first becomes famous, like internet famous, uh, somebody calls her direct line in the office, and they're like. Hey, I'm big fan. Just want I, I'm one of the uh, just to put it out there. I'm uh, what they yes. call a sexual cannibal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she like hangs up on him. Loved it. Yes, loved it. <sighs> Hulu rocking. If you want to talk about a uh, a positive spot in Disney, it's uh, Hulu and it's their Hulu. acquisition of there and putting that more in the portfolio. Because uh, I've been watching a bunch of Hulu lately. It feels like. Um, but unfortunately, the bulk of this episode will be leaning on the Disney end of this and specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Disney Plus shows, because we will also be talking about the season finale of Loki and how that ended up as well. Because as we know, this this episode, more than anything, it's weird that we're all doing this this weekend, right, Shane? Like, I've listened to a million episodes leading up to this where it's like, you know, this uh, particular woman, Joanna Robinson, she wrote a book about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, how Marvel and Disney do their productions and everything else. And just, you know, on different levels of like where they screwed up, where they admitted they screwed up, how things got mishandled. You probably have had many sleepless nights uh, after reading about the Daredevil, Born Again oh, stuff God, that got yes. mishandled. So there's been so much negative press that you would hope that this weekend would be not a culmination of like, oh, yeah, no, but now they're on the rebound, or, oh, look, a bright spot. We can all stop shitting on Marvel for a weekend. Well, um, we'll see, because we are going to tackle both things. I think, I think, you know, because I'm trying to read the tea leaves. I'm trying to read Shane <laughs> and his body language and his messages to me over the weekend. I feel like we're going to be a little tilted. On this one, maybe not as eye to eye as uh, what we have in the past, but that doesn't mean I'm not right. So let's get <laughs> to it. We're going to cover. I don't know what you want to do first, because they kind of dovetail into each other. Let's start with the Marvels. OK, I guess, because that is more of the big news of the weekend, which sorry to say, Loki, uh, you got kind of immediately one upped, I guess, in the news cycle as far as like you had your finale on a Thursday night and then Friday, it's all. All Marvel's talk, especially because of the box office. Let's uh -huh. talk about that first. This is, of course, the latest installment from the MCU, The Marvels, starring Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. 
Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau, Amon Bellani as Kamala Khan, Zawi Ashton as... I'm going to leave that blank because I'm very curious. Shane, do you even remember the name of the villain in this movie? Uh, Dar something. Darbend. Darvu. Yeah. Hey, Darbend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very good. That's actually better than I thought. Because um, I, when I read it, I was like, that is a name. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. This is co-written and directed by Nia DaCosta, who some may remember from the Candyman remake reboot uh, re Imagining. whatever sure yeah yeah sure that's a good way to put it the film centers around the three marvels as they were captain marvel ms marvel and monica rambo who is the quote-unquote estranged niece of captain marvel carol danvers uh this is right after captain marvel has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence but unintended consequences see carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a kree revolutionary her powers become entangled with that of new uh, jersey city superfan kamala khan aka ms marvel and carol's estranged knees now saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambeau, who is back after being blipped, if I remember correctly, where her mom died during the blip. Is that accurate, right? That's accurate. Just reading that made me fall asleep Um, or just I'm, I'm. I'm so over the multiverse that we could get through all of this where it's wormhole. It's, you know, looms. It's wormholes. The whole weekend is just God. Tell me a freaking story, please. Stop doing this to me and i think maybe i'm not alone because this movie had the worst opening weekend for a marvel movie ever uh this had 46 million domestic which for those playing at home didn't beat the flash who if i remember correctly had 55 Mm -hmm. uh, domestic and remember how everyone told (laughs) told us that that was the doom you know the, like ring the bells everybody that is dc dying on the vine and this couldn't get to that so uh, i did 63 million dollars additionally overseas for a 109 worldwide take on its opening weekend which was should have been aided by the fact that it was also veterans day weekend where you know a little more people like myself got to see it like friday morning because i wasn't working 220 million dollar budget though um not gonna help not gonna help the status of all this but is it good is really what should matter right uh this one uh is currently the scores are a little little all over the place a little mostly are middling so it's not bottomed out um 62 percent rotten tomato score with an 84 percent rotten tomato audience score that is interesting rotten tomato stuff right there um 50 Metascore, not good. 6.1 IMDb and a 3.0 Letterbox. I feel like Letterbox is getting squirrely, but that's probably on the high end for me, but not to tip my hand. But so again, I I think let's let's kind of regroup here, Shane. Let's let's kind of see where what was your where was your brain at going into this movie? Like we're, we, this is technically the start of Phase Five, which I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, to me, I'm like, this is a weird way to 
to kick it off. Especially because usually when a new phase starts, we kind of know like, all right, well, this movie is going to go into this movie and this movie is going to go into this movie and we're going to end up here. I don't want to already step on the Loki season finale and all of this stuff, but we sure as shit didn't hear anything about the Kang dynasty in this movie or Kang in general. So I think this movie, if anything, is just like, hey, everybody. We're going to keep showing you stuff and punting as long as we can to get to 2025 to get to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And we're sorry about all this other stuff. Did it feel like that for you? Well, yes. Going in, at least? Yes. And well, first of all, like you just stated, I didn't realize it was to kick off to phase five. But what they kind of set up, it makes sense because they are trying and without getting a spoiler talk yet, they do set some universes up or they lay the foundation for what may come down the road. Whether sure. or not I care about that is to be seen, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited about one aspect more than the other one they're trying to set up and we'll get into that. But uh, overall, I, it's funny because I think we are going to see this movie quite differently. I um, had like no expectations <laughs> heading into this movie. I enjoyed the trailer and we kind of discussed this off the mic with our messaging a little bit. This Make no mistake, this is a Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan movie. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And right. it, honestly, it didn't bother me at all. I liked, I thought they're the two highlights of the movie. I thought Monica, uh, Captain Rambeau and Kamala Khan, and even though she kind of got grating on my nerves a little bit with her fangirl kind of stuff, but sure. I, th- I thought they were the best parts of the movie. And Brie Larson was kind of like the MacGuffin the move and set them up down the line. And I didn't even mind that, to be honest with you, because I can't tell if Brie Larson actually likes to be in these movies. (laughs) I hate to say it. Just Yeah, she's got quite the scowl most of the time. And she does, and I don't think she uses levity or humor. Like, I don't know. She has a hard time, like, with the softer tones and and all that kind of stuff uh, during this movie. But I will say, as this movie's going along, usually some of the stuff would piss me off. Right. Like the villain, a total throwaway, like most Marvel and DC movies. The villain is inconsequential here. And I kept thinking we saw the Korean Ronin with the hammer in Guardians one. Why are we revisiting this? Like, I don't care Then I kept thinking, well, how the hell is her hammer so powerful? Did she get the power stone? Like my mind started like trickling all these things. But the end is like, okay, well, I actually set that aside. I was able to push past the villain issue here because to me it was a movie about the three marvels it was and i liked the action scenes and i liked the three together so i had fun my, my point andrew is i had fun in this movie without overthinking because and overanalyze everything because yeah you can tear it apart like again villain wise script wise a lot of stuff didn't make sense the stupid dancing singing planet which was probably the worst part of the movie i was like can we just speed up past this part I wanted right. to jump through the screen with that whole singing stuff. But I like the three on screen together, especially Kamala Khan. I, I don't know. I, I find that she translates well from the small screen. And she actually carried that over to the big. Same thing with Monica Rambeau. From being on the TV shows and the small screen, I thought they their presence was felt on the big screen. And it kind of carried this yeah. movie forward. So I, it has tons of issues. But I, for some reason, during this movie, I was able to kind of overlook those glaring issues especially the villain issue like which was a again it's a problem in 90 percent of these movies 
Yeah, it's interesting why your your feelings are your feelings, Shane. I validate your feelings. Um, I agree with some of that. My my the distinction for me is what you can and cannot get past. I guess with this movie, right? The minute it opened, and there's a villain that I've never seen with a weapon that I've never seen that is going after something that has to do with not Captain Marvel. I was almost like, I'm going to hate this fucking movie. Every ounce of this movie. Now, I didn't hate every ounce of this movie. I think there's some good stuff in here. I think the best stuff was like a lot of the early fight scenes where they're still on Earth. I thought uh, Kamala's exuberance and energy was everything for this movie because it would have been very dull without it, without her and her family, I think. But it did bother me a lot that they didn't even try with the villain because that's a lot because like you can, you could go back. There's you said it and I totally agree that Marvel has always had an issue with mediocre villains and you know, the Cree and this whole, you know, this whole setup that Captain Marvel has, especially in a post secret invasion world on top of it, I'm over it. And I think it's very telling that when they did the marketing for this movie, they didn't say the word Cree once. They were like, isn't the Beastie Boys great? Let's play Intergalactic until everyone's sick of it again. And then let's show the, the all the women. Let's just show this like this is this type of movie. And again, I have nothing against these women. I think a lot of them were very good in this movie. But they clearly were like, we don't need to talk about the plot in the marketing because guess what? It's going to turn everybody off. And they knew it. And they knew it. And I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, and now I know it because yeah. they didn't even try. And it got to you. Um, it festered. It did. No <clears throat> backstory at all. Like, your backstory is that you somehow have a hammer and that you were there when she took down Supreme Intelligence. That's it. Yep. What? So what makes you special is either not explained or barely above the rest of your people. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't no, get it. And are- I'm not compelled what at all. You're no, um, you're absolutely right in all those points. Like I said, the Cree turned me off. Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're fine, man. Uh, but I will also say it's also very telling that this movie was so short and so fast paced that it was it doesn't allow you to kind of let it sink in of what it doesn't let you dwell on its shortcomings. Right. So even while you're watching it, you can be upset in retrospect. But a lot of times while you're watching it actively, you're like, uh, it doesn't work. But immediately you're on to the next thing. Yeah. So they were at least smart, I guess, with dancing around this. Although a lot of common complaints I have heard, even about people who like the movie, is that they're like, there's 20 more minutes of this movie, which could have explained or enhanced a lot of the things that did work or maybe could have added in some blind spot stuff that this movie had and it's not here. So did it get gutted because that extra 20 minutes actually made the movie less fun? It's kind of like, uh, which is funny because we're talking about Monica Rambeau and I'm also talking to you. Um, <laughs> you know, the story about first blood, right? Yeah. Where, where it's like that movie was long and was super serious and like audiences hated it. 
you know, when they did the test audience stuff. And then they went back to the drawing room where it was like, we're going to make this a lean, badass movie where this guy is just going to go soup to nuts on this town. And we're just going to make it so streamlined that nobody's going to give a crap about all this other stuff that's in the book that they adapted. I think they did almost the same thing where they're like, guess what? We're also over the Kree storyline. We're also over this stuff from, you know, Captain Marvel. And we're sick of getting, you know, taken to the woodshed for secret invasion and all these other things. Let's try to cut that down because it's not working. I don't know. This is our instant referendum on the Disney Plus MCU crossover. And I think this is where it's really showing that it it didn't work. And that it's failing and that it was bloated and everything else because you could either say the best people in this movie are Kamala and Monica Rambeau who are from Disney Plus shows. But you can also say, look, it made no money because the people didn't think these people were going to be movie stars or that these people don't sell a movie. And because they didn't care enough or they didn't watch them on Disney Plus and don't feel the need to have to watch everything that is entangled with these three characters, let alone the one character of Captain Marvel, who has been gone for how long now, by the way? Oh, I, what do they say? They referenced it in the movie, didn't they? Oh, uh, well, I didn't mean like, oh. I think it's actually longer in the universe, but I'm right. saying like, when was Captain Two- Marvel came out between Infinity War and Endgame, right? Yeah, like 2019, I think it came out. Yeah, God, I guess. Well, I, even then, that's four years. And then, you know, she kind of, you know, has only peeked out her head. Obviously, she was in Endgame big time. Yeah, 2019. um, Yeah, so then nothing really for like about four years. It's almost like, you know, just COVID happened. They were like, let's forget about Captain Marvel for a while. But yeah, I just, (sighs) this movie had a lot of problems, but there is a lot of fun in it. I agree about Kamala being probably the better part of it. And I, I, where you're like some of the the extra stuff, which we can get to. I think the one with her specifically, I actually, because she was so good in this, I was like, I'm a little more open and receptive to that happening now. Okay. But I still need to know the members, but we'll see. Yeah. But sorry, no. I took up a lot of time. No, no, that's, no, that's all right. Like I said, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, because you are on that part, right. You're technically right. Again, I'm so over the Kree stuff. Again, I had flashbacks of Ronan in the whole Guardians villain arc. You know what I mean? Because she was essentially the yeah. same thing, right? I, I just think in the tone, and you're exactly right, I think what helped is the fast-paced nature of this movie. And I'm sure there are 20 minutes of this, like you said, laying on the editing floor somewhere, which would probably yeah, help least. fill in all the <laughs> gaps, right? But yeah. I think because it moved so fast, again, I wasn't able to... That's why I think I brushed off the damn villain so fast. I wanted to see them three in the action scenes and the... The, the, when they were grounded on earth kind of stuff were the best parts of the movie. And I didn't have time to really think during this movie because it was it just, again, fast paced. And I, I was entertained. It was to me, this was more of a throwback of those, dare I say, corny, cheesy nineties Marvel movies or early two thousands, like the fantastic four. It's more of in that bubblegum realm than it is like, I don't know, over it, trying to, for me to try to overanalyze this kind of movie, you know? Sure. Um, <clears throat> And again, I had. I, I just feel like there's no stakes. No, Shane. there there are no stakes, right? I, and I don't. Th- again, this was a vehicle to move. We'll get into it, but it was. Uh, 
Kamala Khan forward, first and foremost. This is a movie to showcase her and move her forward. Whether people care or not is another question. Because, again, we, we, we talked about that show, and that show was the definition of meh. It was average at best. You know, we had our issues with the show. Right. I think she was better in this movie. And, again, her family and her were the bright spots of this movie. There was all the funny stuff in this movie was presented by them. I, yeah, and I didn't even mind the forking yeah. stuff. That was fine. Hurting cats. Fun. Yeah, hurting cats. Yeah. That was fine. Which, by the way, just to put out there for everybody, this is a full-on review. We're not going to hold back because we're going to talk about Loki. We're going to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about where the MCU kind of lands because we kind of do this referendum every time we do a Marvel project and then kind of go from there. So if so, you haven't <clears throat> seen some of these things and don't want it spoiled, you're probably in the wrong place. Right, exactly. So I was surprised, and I'll go back to what we talked about at the beginning, I am and I'm not surprised this movie did so poorly in the box office. Okay. When I look at the other movies that were ahead of it, like this, I'm sorry, this movie is head and shoulders better than the Eternals. It it's I'd watch this over the flash again. Uh Marvel movies, what uh Thor, one of the Thor movies was in the bottom, I think. Dark world, probably. Yeah, better than that. And uh it is hard to predict why people like you said, it was Veterans Day, it was a holiday, so I don't know, maybe people were out getting the free veteran stuff. I know I did. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, sure. I was not shocked that this movie did so poorly at the box office, but it kind of angers me a movie like the Eternals, which is probably the worst fucking Marvel movie they've ever done. And that did like 30 more million dollars in this movie. I think that was like during 70- COVID. Yeah. During, during COVID. COVID. Yeah. And you couldn't pay me to sit through <clears throat> that movie again. So in the end, I was I was for the most part entertained. Now, if you want to get into like what they're trying to set up, we could get into that because I did like both those scenes. Did you want to get into that or you got something to Well well let's kind of talk about the end too. And a little bit of I don't wanna you know belabor this movie because again, it's so short, there's not a ton to kind of go through and parcel through. I would just say that I'm 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 a little sick. It's not the first one to do this, but I'm a little sick of it happens more in the Disney plus shows, but I'm really getting tired of the side characters having more to do or more of the glory than the lead. Right. Like this is terrible. Didn't we just talk about this with like, um, I don't know if it was in our conversations with Loki or no, I had to do with something else. It seems like a lot of the Disney Plus ones, even in Star Wars and some of these other ones, it always is like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Ahsoka. Why is that named Ahsoka? This has nothing to do with Ahsoka. So, like, that's why they knew they couldn't call this Captain Marvel, too. Because here's here's what I want to kind of talk about with regards to Captain Marvel. And I'm curious to know your point. I always saw Captain Marvel as kind of female Superman from Marvel, right? Where in terms of like her powers are so great that it's hard to make her relatable. And I think DC, the reason why Superman was so good for so long is that they found ways to humanize him and made it relatable. I think they tried a little bit with that with Captain Marvel, like the actual movie Captain Marvel in, you know, in the fact that she had this, you know, friendship and obviously the, the auntie kind of character that carries over here and all that stuff and putting her on earth to deal with stuff before it gets all messy with you know intergalactic civil war or what have you but i hate the fact that they don't know what to do with her and i think it doesn't help a lot with you know 
a lot of people don't buy into what Brie Larson's doing with the character too. I don't know who has more agency over the character, the writing or her or whatever, but I feel like when I think about a lot of the other characters of the Avengers or in that MCU things that have gotten their own movie, I feel like most of them know who they are. And I don't feel like they ever really got a good shake on who Captain Marvel is. I think it's always been like, we have to do some hokey thing to make it watchable for people. Like even the Captain Marvel thing was like, ooh, she fell into a blockbuster. I want to watch this movie. It's set in the 90s as a 90s soundtrack. Let's do that whole thing. And then you watch it and you're like, I'm bored. Why yeah. is there a person called Marvel? Like like this comic book bullshit. We couldn't write around that. Um, I, I get it. But it just didn't seem to fit. It never seems to fit. And she's never with other groups. Like she never got, like she got her end game moment. And they thought like that was going to be some huge kickoff. It didn't. And you could see it by the way. Uh, what did the first movie gross on its weekend? Like, uh, you know, 190 or some crazy like mm -hmm. huge number. And that was just like domestic. It grossed like nearly like a billion dollars that first movie or whatever it was. And now we're talking, yikes, will it make do on its $220 million budget? Like, that's right. a hard fall, Shane. <laughs> and I think it's partly because they don't know what to do with this character. Yeah, I think is yeah, I think you could add on a lot of variables to why. They, they, I, I agree with you. I think that's why they left her out of Endgame so long, because it had been too easy for her just to come in at the beginning of the movie and just trash it during the whole thing you yeah. know so like yeah where's her clark kent is what i'm saying yeah where's think, her relatability and they don't have it and they try to do it a little bit in this movie they made reference to way she's been alone for so long like it's about time you have a team around you like they don't know what to do with this character and i like listen i like brie larson i know she gets a lot of shit again but i allude to the fact that she does i don't think she knows how to develop this character the way she needs to develop this yeah. character and yeah. this is totally off topic, but was it, did you find her a little too gaunt and too skinny in this movie? Yeah, I, I try not to get that threw too me off a little in bit. the weeds about that. That just threw me she, off a little bit because she, she was ultra thin in this movie. So she I don't know was, what's going but on I mean, there. some people just have those bodies, you know, because she's, oh God, I, I really don't want to analyze no, body it's stuff. Fine. But no, no, I will it's, say there, there are aspects of her body that are not thin in a good way so like i don't think it's an altogether thing i think she's just in very good shape and right. she takes care of herself i so just i don't think it's an alarming thing although i did say wow she's really thin and i think it it pops out more because she's a superhero yeah and she's like you know on the level i again they don't know what to do with this character i think that's why they felt like she needed this support system or the direction they're trying to take it in and to be honest right. with you andrew if we don't see another Captain Marvel movie, it's not going to, yeah, Captain Marvel, it's not going to break my heart. Like if they want to throw, it's not going to happen. Yeah, if they want to throw in other movies like an ensemble, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm fine with that. But yeah. they tried and they fumbled with this character because again, the first movie was so middling and so meh. I got bored with it too, and I'm like, I think that was like the start of the tilt for me where Marvel started going downhill. Was yeah, this movie. And again, are we just so worn out on all the Marvel movies where people are like, fuck it, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm just not going to any more Marvel movies. Like, and like to you said, like, do I know these TV characters? Should I know these TV characters? Like, who is this character? Like, 
Right. I don't think you needed to watch the Miss Marvel show or WandaVision <laughs> to uh, to watch this movie and understand kind of those Kamala Khan and, and Monica Rambeau. Would it help? Sure, but not necessary. Yeah, so yeah. I think Marvel with this character is in a – they fumbled and they're in a tight spot, and I just think they're pivoting. I think this is the pivot point just to go ahead and launch something else. But like you said, I'm getting tired – I'm done with the multiverse and the streams and, and like like what happens yeah. with Monica Rambo at the end. Like, okay, so now we're gonna get this batch of characters, but they're gonna be in an alternate timeline. Like, I'm so over it. Like, I'm just so, so over it. Yeah. Oh. Which is why uh, like that kind of leads me to that because that's why I brought up the ending is like, okay, like we're we're talking, you know, it's it's wormholes. We're opening up these open what they call those openings that they they were opening into the other planets so they could do uh, as my brother put it is uh they're doing the uh, space balls plan to try to save their planet <laughs> right. be like we're gonna suck all the oxygen out of this one we're gonna it's basically they just amped it up made it more captain planet but basically it is the space balls uh theory of how to like suck one element out of your <laughs> planet to save ours but yeah all the they they called them something the the little like you know openings that they did it yeah. but either way i'm just so tired of it i'm tired of keeping track of all this stuff. they really need which is sad right when we literally just opened up talking about like them fumbling daredevil and all these things they really need some grounding yeah. they really do because we've been in space a bunch lately i don't know i, I they need new blood and I, I and it's interesting that you know, speaking of blood, you know, hearing them botch the the blade stuff so badly that Mahershala Ali wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, did you hear I any hear stuff that. with that? So again, because you heard part of the problem was, which speaks to this, even in his first movie, this is not his second movie as being Blade. His first, they were like, we're we're gonna beef up these side characters and make them more of the story. And he was like, whoa, 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 I'm fucking Blade. I signed <laughs> on to do this movie to be Blade, the star of Blade. You know, like, what are you doing? And he almost left. So Disney slash Marvel keeps shooting themselves in the foot with these things. And it doesn't seem to get any better. And I have very little faith on them restoring these things. And it, like how you were on your soapbox so much about like, if they fuck up Daredevil, I'm going to be so mad. Spoiler alert, they're kind of fucking it up. And then uh, now I'm I'm a huge X-Men guy. And, you know, the fan fa Fantastic Four, we've always hoped for somebody to do it right. Do you have any faith, like, waiting until 2025 for them to fucking get their heads out of their asses? And that's even if Deadpool 3, which I'm looking forward to, passes the muster. Because it's the only thing they have for 2024 last I looked. I, I know. Because... They're erasing a lot of stuff or pushing back a lot of stuff. I did see that where Deadpool's the only Marvel movie we're getting in 2024. But yeah. I, I we have should to tell you our Loki conversation is going to get real pointed next. Yeah, I mean, I do have faith in the Ryan Reynolds and the Deadpool, you know, stuff because I did enjoy both movies. Sure. Um, and I don't know how they're going to use that movie. Are they going to use that movie too? Because again, this uh, from all indications, it's going to be another movie about time jumping and and whatever. I'm just hoping yeah, maybe because you got Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping maybe that's the movie they use to kind of close up all these fucking different realities and whatnot, because I am excited about the X-Men stuff. I'm not going to lie. But to how you. can they with the X-Men thing they just did? I you know can't because now. you can't now. 
Um, that's the thing. Like, they screw it up. Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm so looking forward to the X-Men intertwining with what we have now, but now they're going to be on an alternate timeline now. Like, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, that's the part that upset yeah. me. Like, I'm excited in one hand, but not excited on the other hand. It's like, I want it. It's like, I'm stuck in the middle, man. Like, I am yeah. glad they had Kelsey Grammer still voice uh, the character. See, I'm iffy on that. Only because... Yes, I also identify his voice as being uh, central to that character at some point in my life. However, he also kind of like <sighs> the CGI looked like shit. Oh, it's terrible, terrible. So, if if it was a person that isn't, I don't know, seventy years old, would we have like an actual suit? Would we have a closer to some of the? The 90s and 2000s version that, you know, still look kind of good, just like they're blue. You know, right. like it's fine, you know, make it work. So I don't know. I like that a lot better. And it's so weird that, like, this is how you're introing the universe. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm already, you know, kind of rolling my eyes. It's not a good start. And also, if nobody went to see his fucking movie, way to go kicking off your X Men stuff. It's like a, if a tree falls in a forest shit, you know. If no one's there, no one hears it, right? Yeah. Like, does it make a sound? And that's their launch program for X-Men. Yeah. And is. as we can get to it, Young Avengers on top of it. Yeah. I did like that intro, too, to the Young Avengers stuff. Like, Yeah, it's because it's con. It's, it's con, con. And I'm one of the few who I really dug the Hawkeye series on Disney+. And yeah, I was I, into it. I really love the Kate Bishop character. So for her to be the first person that Kamala Khan talks to, I was like, all right. Cause I like Haley Steinfeld, man. Like I love what she brings to that yeah. role. And I'm like, that had me a little excited. I'm like, all right, whether it's in TV show form, which I think would be better format for it, to be honest with you. I like, feel like that's how it should go. Like a I ground, think we've had this conversation. Yeah, like, like a yeah. grounded TV show. Yeah. Going back to the Netflix days a little bit where it's like you slowly, you've already kind of put the pieces together on Disney plus, you know, between Kate Bishop and, you know, a Kamala Khan. And I'm trying to remember who else is in there because like, we kind of talked about this, like is Spider-Man going to have anything to do with it? Cause of the age level, I'm not sure. Is it anybody from his universe? I don't know. I would uh, imagine it, Scott Lang's daughter. Cause she was in the, yes, that's, that's what a lot of, and will be basically Ant-Man going yeah. for, well, obviously not Ant-Man, but you get it. Um, yeah, uh, so she'll be whatever version of that is. And then on top of it, I think they really tried, which that also seems to be failing because I can't even remember her name fully. But the what was it like America something from uh, the oh, Doctor Strange gosh, film they tried? Yeah, America, I think it was, right? Yeah, I forgot what her full name was. But like, I think she is also supposed to be an integral part. See, of the I forgot all about that point. movie. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't that long ago, dude. It's what I'm saying. That's Multiverse of Madness. That's, what, a year and a half ago? Yikes. So, you know, and she wasn't on the Disney Plus part of it, so that's out of that. I don't know, man. So they can probably add more people in as it goes, and who knows if that will get together with any other franchise stuff. But, yeah, it's it's wild to think about how spread out this is how there's not as much planning i'm fine with being in the dark as long as they have a better plan going forward like surprise me give me yeah. one good movie and i'll latch on like and one good movie that has 
for momentum. Like, right. if you could say, like, oh, Guardians 3 was good, sure. And it ended a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> so, or at least ended the James Gunn version, which is how we want it, right? As fans. So, bleh? I, 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 like, so here, uh, let's do quick grades and then we'll kind of pivot to Loki because this is all entangled and all. Okay. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> so, so shock me with uh, your positive grade that I will. I, I think you might be shocked with how I'm not going so low and I'll probably be shocked with how maybe not as high as I think you are. Okay. <clears throat> now, again, I'm, we'll I'm, meet in the I'm, middle, Shane. I'm, I'm grading this like Andrew grades because I'm comparing to this. Other, I'm comparing this score to other Marvel movies I've already rated. Right. Yep. And I'm so in the same boat. <clears throat> okay. So for that scenario, I enjoyed this more than the latest Thor movie. I enjoyed it more than the Eternals. Uh, Black Widow, I would rather watch this again. So if I had to cheat, I'm going to give this movie a 3.25 out of 5. Because mm. <sighs> I gave Thor a 3, and I enjoyed this a little more than Thor. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is bottom tier. Which means, you know, even the lowest of the low, like your Eternals, I think I still even gave two and a half. So, with that said, that is the four. But I'm not going much above the four. Um, because as I'm looking at the other stuff that's kind of like in that tier for me, I'd probably say, like you said. Uh, so, the bottom tier for me is like Ultron down. And by down, I will say Ultron, Black Widow... Doctor Strange, Quantumania, Multiverse of Madness, the original Captain Marvel, uh, Hulk, Dark World, and Eternals besides this movie. Okay, okay, yeah. Like, in that kind of realm. So, which means you're basically, probably, if I'm doing the Andrew Cheat Code, is a 2.75 at best. Okay. I can live with because that. Because you gotta have an anchor to this, and which means you gotta have a villain, you gotta have stakes, you gotta have something to look forward to. And I feel like it didn't have a lot of those components. Okay. Was it fun at times? Sure. Was there like particular aspects that I liked enough in the moment? Absolutely. Is any of it going to hold water because we don't know where these characters are going next? Uh, probably not. It's probably going to be as forgettable as the original Captain Marvel. So, shrug? Yeah. Uh, I, I so that's, like I that's said, I understand. Yeah, I understand. I'm just going by, like, if I had to rewatch something with my kids, I would throw this on before th those bottom tier movies you just mentioned. This movie feels like uh, I'll watch a couple, you know, YouTube scenes before I rewatch the whole thing. Gotcha. Okay. Understandable. So, I mean, we're not too far again, off. Like, I mean, we're not too far off. No, no. But they really, if they're going to do any Captain Marvel stuff going forward, they really need to get their stuff together to make her somehow likable relatable put her on something that has nothing to do with the Cree. we're done with all that yeah god please no more Cree. you know or yeah. scrolls and i don't want to see another scroll or a Cree again scroll i don't want to hear anything about the annihilator that's all behind us if anything i could see now because of how they ended it of sorts where now the whole family's in louisiana that's gonna go well yeah. um I, I don't know why, like, yeah, there was damage to their home, but like, God, what a referendum on that character or that show more to the point, because 
That whole thing was like, Jersey, Jersey, all my friends here in Jersey, Jersey. Oh, sorry. I'm in a movie now. I'm going to go to Louisiana. <laughs> like, what? Why are you latching on to the like Captain Marvel things with your family instead of, I don't know. Do you feel Maybe like. Maybe she's just there till insurance fixes her house in Jersey City, man. Then she go back to Jersey when the Young Avengers I starts. I guess. Yeah. It is also <laughs> weird if you are actually into these Disney Plus shows that you're like, wait a minute. Like, where's all these people that they have, like, such strong bonds with? You're just going to be like, pluck, you're yep. gone. FaceTime. Like, you're, you're on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, your best friends live there and whatever. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that's the Marvels. And, I, obviously, there's not many ramifications for the characters at this point because there's Deadpool. And that's it for the next mm-hmm. year. And, honestly, as far as the Disney Plus shows, I haven't really heard, like, things get renewed nope or or like we have echo in what like a month or a month or something i read and i may be wrong but i think they pushed that show back right do i think like maybe january january yeah so yeah so a couple months at best um and again they're doing the whole we're dropping the whole thing and making like this special presentation which I don't know if is code for like we didn't know what to do with this or whatever. <laughs> At least Echo will be grounded like we want. So and I, yeah. again, I don't want to go too far in the weeds. I know nothing about that character except she is in the Daredevil universe. That's all I know. So give me a yeah. grounded series with some good action scenes, and I'm fine. Yeah, and from all appearances, I guess for the trailer and some of the other rumors about the show is that it's a lot more violent. And that it's, you know, again, I guess if you want to say closer to the Netflix stuff uh, than Disney Plus has in the past. So that should be interesting, at least. It'll yeah. be a little different. You know, I'll take a little different just to give it a chance. Because, again, I want to remind anybody who maybe uh, knows us or doesn't know it, however you came into this show, we like watching this stuff. We just want it to be better. We watch all of it. There's nothing where you could be like, well, you know, if you don't like this stuff stop watching it it might happen but because right. uh, stop fucking up but let's get to loki yep we kind of tracked this we gave like initial impressions back when the what was it a two episode premiere or, what, two, or did they only do the one they I did the they, one like, they did week to week yeah, yep. yeah yeah so i've had such a roller coaster with this show and i think you're having a better experience which is you know kind of part and parcel with this episode so <laughs> we'll get there it was one of those things after the first episode, I was like, this show seems to be talking over our heads a little bit. It kind of doesn't know what it is a little bit, but I love the vibes. I love Owen Wilson and, you know, I love uh, the entanglements with Loki. I love uh, Obi, you know, as a new character. Like, this should be fun. That was my impression after episode one. Then episode two happened. I was like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with the show. And there are certain characters like uh, I forget her name. I almost wanted to say AR fifteen, but it's like B- something B-15. like that. It's B fifteen. B fifteen. Okay, my favorite vitamin. Excellent. Um, <laughs> she she got reduced down to nothing. She just became like this. Oh, we can't kill these people with the branches. The branches. Watch the branches. Like she literally became just a catchphrase, mm-hmm. and she got nothing. Show, like and even as we stand now that the whole season's over, I don't they didn't know what to do with her. And there was those like the people on the council or whatever, the people who were helping run the TVA, 
these mutant looking people we've talked about where it was like, who are these people? And now they're going after Sylvie. Now they're going after, you know, the branches. They're going after what is happening Then I was like, all right, now we're going to start talking about Victor Timely. Oh, good. We're, we're actually going to get like full on versions of he who remains. We're actually going to get into Kang. Okay, cool. And then they do that throwback episode. And I'm like, this is kind of fun. This is good. And then they come back and I'm like, they kind of reset everything after episode four, right? It was where everything kind of blew up. Yep. Sort of, right? <clears throat> and then they spent the whole episode trying to figure out how to fix it. And then I will tell you for how much I wasn't liking a show. I've never liked a finale way more than the show itself with this one. And yet I'm still like, did we need six episodes to get here? Because a lot of it just felt like trash in between. Like they didn't know what the hell to do. And on top of it, if you read a lot of the stuff about the MCU book, a lot of times they write these uh, series where they leave the the endings open-ended because they need to somehow tie it into the universe. And you can kind of see like where it was going. Like it, it felt very spontaneous in the last two episodes or episode and a half like that Loki figures out that he kind of needs to be the person at the end of time to figure this out. And now I think everyone who is an MCU fan, who's a fan of this show, fan of all this stuff, what does that mean for the rest of this? Like you literally set up Kang stuff for years ahead. And now I can't even tell you whether he's alive or whether the branches work. Or yeah, are there, are, is there an impending civil war, or is it well, over? I can't to, tell you. And for how much I like the episode, I still am so in the dark, and I'm so over it, branches, looms, Victor Time, all that. I don't give a shit. It's gonna be another thing where I just go, I don't know what the hell just happened. It's it is very confusing, and it, this finale made me sit on this series. Like I was thinking about this hard, right? Because yeah, I almost wanted to rewatch the whole thing after watching the end. Yeah, which because, is good and bad, I guess. Because like the whole he who remains and Kang, I'm like, okay. Uh, my, my thought was like, so is he? But Mobius does mention that they there was a blip of a Kang variant, and they refer to the Ant Ant Man Quantum Mania stuff, and they're keeping an eye on his other variants. I thought maybe they used this show, and I don't know the writing process of this show. I really don't. It's like you said, it's like the last two episodes were more spontaneous in the first four setup episodes. And I'm like, where yeah. are they going? At first, like, okay, they could use this to kind of get rid of all the multiverse stuff and have one main timeline, like they mentioned in this show, right? And then we watch Captain Marvel and it's go, ha-ha, sorry, it's going to keep going. Yeah, what? It's gonna, yeah, it's going to keep going. And then I'm thinking, okay, did they write this in a way where they can get out of the Kang as the main villain going forward? Because they could easily do that now. Uh, it feels like it. But again, you're doing that in a show, not right. a movie, after you put him in Quantumania? That right. is horseshit. It is. So, I again, I, I didn't... I don't know. It just doesn't... didn't run me the it's wrong way. It's also a bad way. situation. It, it is. It is. And like you said, I thought some characters were underdeveloped. I like the B-15, the Red Slayer, who kind of just went away after, like, the last... Yeah, Miss Minutes got real weird. Three minutes. Yeah, like, the three episodes, like, Red Slayer. We see what happens to her, but it's like, okay afterthought b15 afterthought it's like just concentrate on mobius loki sylvie and obi right just 
in the Victor time, whatever with Victor timely, concentrate on those characters, and that would be yeah, enough. And that right? one extra TVA guy that just happens to be yes, there. yeah, <laughs> the extra TVA guy, right? Yeah, who is now in Alcatraz. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I thought this show was fun at times, directionless at times, but yep. in the end, I thought this was a nice story arc and a way to finish the Loki character in the MCU because. They made mention of the fact that the thing that scared him the most was being alone and he was selfish and trying to keep all his friends. And then he realizes, well, I got to do the selfless thing here. So this is what I have to do to kind of sacrifice myself, which is unlike a Loki, you know, character wise. Right. And he made the ultimate sacrifice. So I think that was a nice full circle on his story arc from when we first see him to now. And I really did like that scene where he's like walking and the horns start to come up and he's yeah. in his Loki. Co- I thought that was badass. So there's a lot of aspects of the show I like, but it is very confusing and it makes you think about it a lot. So I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like now he's just sitting there at the end of the time with all the branches in his hand. Well, you know, like it just got really weird. But like when you think about it, like what other logical ending could have they had except for like him doing the selfish Loki thing and just having the one timeline, you know, and just killing Sylvia. I also don't know exactly what he did to fix anything. I, yeah, some of his powers at the end there were like, okay, like, so ooh, he they're got, all green now. Yeah, he got all these <laughs> He realized he can fix the timelines with his power being a god. Maybe that's what he realized because at first they they mentioned like, oh, he's killing the 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 the, the vines or whatever. But then he realized right. he's actually giving it life. Don't ask me how he's able to summon up those powers. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I did like the I did like his story arc and the final the final scene with him walking up through the gap in time or whatever. So I got a kick out of that. Well, like I said, that's why I said uh, right up front. I liked the finale enough to where it was like, I, I how do I like this? But also think I don't know if I like the season. Yeah, because so it should, it should it's have been a six weird episodes. feeling. Right. They could have done this in right. three episodes, four episodes yeah. most, you know? Yeah, if they didn't make things so confusing and have so many extraneous characters that I didn't give a shit about. Yeah. 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 Because I love If it sh- went from, like, how last season ended to, oh, look at what's happening to the TVA, first episode. Second episode, we have to find Victor Timely. Third episode, we have Victor Timely, but now we don't. Like, it could probably be four. Yeah. Maybe. Three or could- four. But yeah. they were like, well, that doesn't work for us. But Yeah, because I liked the Chicago episode where they go back to find him. I thought that was the best episode sure. of the season outside of the finale, right? Then you had that big flashbang where we didn't know where it was going to go. I thought episode five was a throwaway episode where he's trying to figure out the time totally. slipping stuff, right? I thought they could have done or streamlined that into another episode. So you're right. It's a little bloaty. And again, at times it's directionalist. I just think maybe they were like had something written like, oh, by the, let's, okay, let's do this. Let's make these changes. I don't know. Right. In the end, though, I really did like the finale. I, it ended on the logical, just a logical landing spoil, uh, spot for me with this character. It's a weird feeling because it feels like the opposite of the first season. Because the first season, I was like, look at this cool place with TVA and what does all this mean and the intrigue and, oh, Owen Wilson, I haven't seen him in a while. This is great. Like, and look at their relationship. This is so cool. And, oh, it's all going to lead to Kang, who we've been kind of like batting around as an idea for an MCU villain. This is all so fresh and cool. And then like the end happened and I was like, okay, that 
I, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know any ramifications. I don't know what the hell just happened. Oh, look, there was a bunch of fun Lokis. Isn't that fun? But I was just like kind of like more confused at the end of Loki. But I kind of gave that a pass because, A, I knew we were getting another season. And, B, knew Kang was going forward. So figured, okay, cool. They're going to like piggyback off this and explain more in Quantumania. Nope, not so much. Not really. Uh, yeah. A little bit, <clears throat> sort of. And then, you know, Sylvie, I think, is probably the the most mishandled thing here. Because mm-hmm. if you're talking carryover season one to season two, where, like, the chase for Sylvie and chasing that, you know, variant that's gone wild that he has to kind of, like, you know, rectify and kind of understand and really get to know, quote, unquote, kind of himself, you know, that whole weird thing with the timelines and everything else this one i feel like every episode is a different version of what does sylvie want and as opposed to loki who kind of like not only figures out the situation but figures out things about himself as it goes along they were just like ah well sylvie's fine right (laughs) you know like one day she's you know like everything must burn you know let these branches go we're gonna do all this and all i want to do is live in freaking oklahoma at a mcdonald's or whatever it's like uh, okay and then and then she's like but all these people have to die look there's a kang very there's a he who remains guy we gotta kill him and then when it all gets that like she's like she spares renslayer and like kicks her to the end of time. It's like, okay, you killed the guy at the end of time. What what's the point? Yeah. Um, and then why'd you spare her when you're like kill everybody up to this point? And then I don't feel we go back to an understanding point with her after that. No, it was more I, of a Jekyll and Hyde thing with her. Like you Yeah. Know. And it was all maybe at the service of trying to help Loki understand, but that's not what this season started out feeling it was. It felt like we really needed to find Sylvie to make this work That because, you know, she's in danger, number one, and then number two, she's kind of gone rogue, and we don't know what the hell is going on with her. And I don't feel like they really resolved that. And there's a lot. There's so much, like, and I, I consider myself uh, a somewhat intelligent man. This movie, or this show, made me feel dumb at times yeah oh, absolutely like, and i'll be the first or to at admit least they made difficult con they didn't make the difficult concepts easy to understand nor did they make it distillated down to where it like at least fits the the, the storyline in a comprehensive way yeah it's like watching uh, a christopher nolan movie what the hell just well, honestly I what, understand this. i just rewatched interstellar we were talking I about know. this off end where it's like okay that got really in the weeds at the end, which would, makes that movie a little more difficult uh, than some of his other movies. You know, but it kind of feels like that a little bit where it's like, okay, I don't know if I fully understand what's going on, but I know there's intrigue here and I know they edit the shit out of that. And I know it feels good. Like there's a ride in the middle where I'm like, yeah, this movie is gold. And then you remember that the ending is like, okay, so Loki's not too far off. Now, I don't know if that's because I have a blind spot to multiverse, time travel, uh, space exploration type movies, or whether they have a blind spot to make this thing work for mass audiences and and storylines that work. So 
This one, I, I I think the second season was not as successful as the first season, and now I really have no idea what they could do with how it ended because they're talking out of both sides of their mouth in the cinematic part and how Loki ended. So right. I'm a little... I'm a little all over the place. <clears throat> yeah, see, I enjoyed the second season a little more than the first season of Loki because I thought the finale was so much stronger. I did. I, mm. I again, I I just loved the finale, and I have a soft spot for this show, man. Like, and it made me like it didn't make I me do think. Too. I almost bought said, a variant <clears throat> outfit last time, <laughs> but they said like Loki's the only Disney show that got a second season. I'm like, is that true? And then I went back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that that's true. Of all the shows, they. Yeah kicked off this is the only one that got a second season it was the most watched one they had by a mile yeah yeah so and I, piggybacking up what you said i do wish they would have figured out the sylvie uh equation a little more because i think like you said it started the show started one way with her and then it ended completely different like it shifted from like this is her purpose or we don't know what her purpose is but she's doing this but then at the end her right. purpose was loki's to help Loki understand, like you said, it made Loki understand more things about himself than anything else, you know? Yeah. And that was her purpose, but they didn't do that in the early part of the season. So it was like almost like a show, two halves almost. So totally d- disjointed. But again, I liked, uh, yeah, I give the finale pushes this show up for me. And uh, yeah, so I actually enjoyed this a little more than the first season i'll i'll say it yeah. just a little just a little let me toss you something because this kind of goes part and parcel with what we we're talking about with the other the movie stuff say kang's gone say now loki is the person kind of controlling time is it something about time itself that may drive loki insane to where he turns into another version of kang and that he breaks bad I mean, would it w- that be an interesting storyline to you or no? It, it would. I mean, it would, but it wouldn't be. Even though we saw his character change and him having more humanity, I guess, and more of a heart and, and feelings. And it would, you know, we've seen him Loki do the flip flop before. So over time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So over time. Yeah. Can he go insane? That would be an interesting storyline, I think. But because uh, I feel like they're just trying to drive everything to. Sorry, we screwed this up. Here's Doctor Doom. Right, and here's the thing too: like the MCU or Kevin Foggy cannot look at you with a straight face and saying Jonathan Majors' legal issues is the reason why. That's the reason why they they're all over the place right now. They cannot convince me otherwise. Like I thought. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of problems, but that is a big problem. Yeah, too. I think he would have been more in this show had not been for his legal issues or what he's going through. I think sure. that's what, like you said, I think they were setting up for more Kang in this season and they're like, oh, okay. We, we really got to right. start pivoting here. So, yeah. you know, it, it caused a big monkey wrench and everything, man. So, and, and selfishly speaking, I'd much rather see Dr. Doom going forward than Kang. Cause we discussed before Kang in the comics never did anything for me. Uh, sure. So, I don't know. Everything's yeah, up then, in the air, man. If people are all multiversed out, then Kang is not your guy. Kang is not anymore. your guy. He's not your flavor of the month anymore. So no. So yes, and and if people were so again take away the legal stuff, people just weren't that into Quantum Mania, right? So that's not a good way to to kick off anything. At least with Thanos, like he got into some high profile, you know, well attended movies that 
were critically and uh, it, well received as well as well received by audiences. Like to be in the Guardians when Guardians was like the surprise hit is like, oh shit, you know. And then for people to start getting excited for a potential Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Saga stuff. Woo boy, that the fever pitch that that caused and him to kind of show up as things went along. Woo boy. Yeah. That that is all part and parcel with like how successful the MCU was at that was at that point. Between like the Avengers stuff, uh the first movie meeting, uh the you know, the Guardian stuff. Like there's just like so many things that they kind of drips and drabs put him in there, but not so much that you really knew what he was. He was still kind of cloaked in mystery unless you're a comic book nerd. And then they, they landed the plane. They yeah. did it. You yeah. know, this, I don't, I never saw where they were going to land that plane with Kang no. and how they were going to make this solidify for the, to know the magnitude of this villain and why we need the Avengers to team up and do it again. Also, Here's a tough thing to say. Who are the Avengers right now? Right. Take, so take, if you yeah. can't even answer that, then your villain doesn't mean dick. Right. And, I, we, you know, I'm not going to belabor this point, but we mentioned this early on with their MCU talks. Like they blew their in. It was a great 10 year ride. And with Infinity War and the Endgame, like the conclusion of that chapter and saga, they blew their load. Like there's no way they you did. can come close to emulating or duplicating that kind of not just critical success, but commercial success with the actors they had attached. And we all were on this ride. It's like, after that was over, it's like, Oh boy, I need a break. And now they didn't, they doubled down. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I think that's where most people are. I think is general fatigue and people just don't care right now. Like they need something to put them back in the seats. You know, that's why I think they're kicking around the whole, Oh, let's bring Chris Evans back. Let's bring Robert Downey Jr. Back. Yeah, and, yeah. I think they're getting desperate, man. By the way, and the fact that you you cleverly left out bring Scarlett Johansson back because they did say that, and man, do I want to be in that meeting? Right. Oh boy, <laughs> to see her walk in, going, "All right, how much you gonna pay me for this crap?" Because we already went through this before. Let's do this. Yeah. So, so I would love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. Yeah, I just they're a rudderless ship right now, is what they are, and I'm kind of getting exhausted myself. So yeah, plus for Downey man, like I know he's Iron Man, so a lot of times they can kind of hide the action behind the suit, you know, because he could get older and still be functional or whatever. But that's a lot between like the bringing him back from the dead, literally, and then on top of it having a guy who's I don't know 60 something battling Down- around yeah Downey do you know how old yeah. that is? I I'm mean gonna, figure if I'm he's gonna, an I- 80s star he's got and again he's like Jodie Foster you know a uh, friend and age level right so right. if she's playing she just recently played like a 60 something year old woman basically in another movie um then yeah I don't, I figured he's got to be in his sixties. No, I was right. I was gonna guess fifty eight, and that's exactly what he is. So round okay. up to okay. sixty, but he's still technically sure. yeah. By the time he's donning yeah. it again, he'll be he'll 60. be sixty. Yeah, yeah, and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's we got that problem, but right. So we're talking multiversal reincarnation, oh, the whole thing. Like it's just messy, man. I know. It's just messy. I know. So yeah, I think. 
I, I heard this from other people, and I kind of maybe agree. I think people are over the cape version of superheroes for a bit. Yeah. Like they need something like a, like a Captain America Winter Soldier uh, type movie. They need yeah. something a little more street level. They need to kind of go with something, you know, and they, they'll never want to, but a little more gritty would work. A little uh, bit you, of a pivot to something. You know, like Daredevil should be going yeah. forward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, oh, they already had this working pretty well at Netflix. It probably should have just kept going instead of you going and being like, no, 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 we, we own everything. Get out of here. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Ugh. Ooh, that's they, exhausting, they need, man. You know what they really need? They really need another Spider-Man movie to save their ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, especially because Sony still owns a lot of stuff. Oh, but God. Yeah. Holland needs to be like, Hey, remember we can make these things good? Remember that? That was fun. Remember when you made a lot of money on my back? Cool. Yep. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that would have to mean Zendaya's not in every other movie that comes out right now, too. So that's a lot, too. Um, but great job by you, man. I think we talked through yeah. a lot of a lot we of the stuff a going lot of on, stuff, buddy. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, it's going to shrink down. I think the the uh, I don't know if I have a better phrase for it, but the the great shrink shrinkage is coming up for all the studios, let alone Disney and Marvel and all these people where it's like, how is the box office going to be going forward if Disney doesn't have and Marvel doesn't have three movies a year? Right. How yeah. is it going to be, you know, for Disney plus if they don't have all these shows going on? Because that seems to be all people are watching. Right. But hey, listen, I take it as a good thing, like right now. Like maybe all we need is Deadpool next year. And this gives them time to sit back and actually fucking plot a course and not sure. hit us over the head with a show every month because I need a break. I think we all need a break. Like yeah. let them regroup. Give me Deadpool. Give me Ryan Reynolds. And I'll be happy. Let's reset everything going forward. I'm good. And you know who's so happy right now? James Gunn. Yeah. Because he's like, I am taking my time. I am going to set this up. I have stuff in the can that's just going to do its thing, whatever Aquaman 2, and and just kind of let it go. And then, yeah, now all my ideas are going to come to life right as Marvel's like scrambling to figure out what they're going to do. It's not a bad window for him. Although, I think he said that that Superman movie, I feel like I saw something where that said 2025, too. Oh, boy. Okay. So maybe he's not he's going to miss that window because by 2025, then X-Men and Fantastic Four is a possibility. Yep. So we'll see, man. It's all very (sighs) it's got to be scary for a lot of those studios because this was their their big ticket items. And now it's like, well, well, how do we make money? And also the box office must be scared because you don't always get a a Barbenheimer to save your ass or Taylor Swift or any of these kind of like random one offs that kind of help you get your year all set so they're gonna have dune you know as far as like wb so they don't need to scramble for for dc stuff you know too much but what does disney have you know i mean they have you know like their animated stuff coming up you know but that's about it that's about it yeah so so i don't know i really don't know i'd be interested i kind of want to like take a long look to see what they have listed as actually coming out because outside of Wish and uh, Echo, I'm not entirely sure. And yeah, then me. Deadpool, I think, is what, summer? 
Yeah, summer. Tough spot, man. Tough spot. So, but great job by you. Um, I also, for if anybody wants to uh, do anything uh, non-superhero, non-anything, uh, I happen to catch uh, two streaming recommendations if you want to put them out. I know Shane watched it too. Quiz Lady, just finished that today. Uh, liked it quite a bit. I think it might just squeeze into my top 25 yeah, of the it's year. Fun, it's a fun movie. It's fun. And it's really solid performances. Uh, it's just, and it hits you in enough feels to keep it going. And also shout out to my my friend, Adrian uh, Peng Korea, who uh, was a cinematographer for Quiz Lady and looks great, man, even on streaming. So congratulations to him, his team and all that stuff. And watch it. It's a good movie. Uh, solid recommendation for that. And then also uh, I watched The Burial on Amazon Prime. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, a, a courtroom drama, uh, dramedy of sorts. Like it's, uh, it felt very much like a '90s kind of throwback thing, where it's like these heightened characters, like having a little fun with it, but it's also a serious type trial with some like family implications and other things, and and trying to take down Goliath of sorts, you know, with that too. So again, just enough fun, perfect type of streaming movie. To, to get you through with uh, a lot of fun from Jamie Foxx. Uh, solid performance. Probably best thing I've seen him in in a while. So um, so that's good, too. Shane, do you have any other notes? Uh, either your, you watch Quiz Lady 2, or did you have anything else that you wanted to put out yeah, there for I'll, people? I'll, I'll piggyback off what you said. Um, Quiz Lady, like you said, give it a shot. It was fun. Aquafina, is that her name, right? Yeah. Yep. In a very subdued Sandra performance. Oh playing. Yeah, uh, in a very subdued Almost like reverse roles. Yeah, yeah, very subdued version of Will Ferrell, which was kind of nice to see. Yeah, uh, a couple of solid lines, though, in yeah, there that you're like, but, good job by yeah, you. He did a Plus, good he's job. part of the uh, production team. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a Gloria Sanchez production. Yeah, it was an so. enjoyable role by him. And it was, like you said, it was just a fun, nice, just a nice little gem of a movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it yeah. for me, bud. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we have next week because it's kind of a hodgepodge of things. I'm going to try to see the holdovers. Uh, yeah, that me is too. my goal. Yeah. Uh, oh, Shane Arino, I need to know your uh, your grade on the killer. Oh, did you watch the killer I, as well? I did. I did. And I, I yeah, I'll keep this short because I know we're like, woof, this is a long episode. Yeah. But listen, yeah, yeah, it's in my top five of the year. Is what I'll okay. say. I okay. loved it. A very, st- I thought this was Fassbender's maybe his best performance ever. I loved the way he portrayed. It's his the- meatiest in a long time, probably since Steve Jobs. Yeah, so. the character study and the, his just stoic performance in this. I thought it was going to be a little more. See, I knew nothing about this coming in except for the one trailer we watched. And then when I saw a couple of headlines, I was like, is this going to be like in Bruges, like a dark, like he's going to throw dark humor in it. Is it going to be like a dark comedy almost? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> no, but there is humor though. Yeah. You have to admit there is a lot of lines where you're like, like when he's like WWJW, what was it? Uh, JWBD when he's like, what would John Wilkes Booth do? Yeah. It's like, really? Dude, come on. Yeah. You're like those type of mind uh, lines in that movie just crack me up. But I will warn people, it's not a fast-paced movie. There's only, like, one real action scene in this movie uh, when he hunts down the yeah. Dominican, right? But the yeah. scene with him and T- Tilda Swinton, gold. Just gold. I love that yeah. whole scene where she orders the whisk. Like, I just, I loved it, man. So, yeah, 
you know, I graded it. I didn't show you. I've been like, I didn't put it on a letterbox because I didn't want you coming down on me, but I gave it a 4.5 out of five was my final grade Same. for this movie. That was mine too. Yeah. Because again, uh, the the only thing that if I if I could say for any kind of criticism, he kind of just blows through the movie. Like there's not that like heavy on the other side, his equal. There's something like he kind of just methodically just destroys everybody. And then he's like there at the end, like, you know, lamping out. So yeah. I think if there was maybe a challenger of sorts, there might have been a little bit more of a thing. But. It's it's an interesting movie to just kind of like watch him just kind of methodically, systematically just clean up the mess, quote unquote. Yeah, and, and just his inner and there's dialogue. a lot of good stuff. Yeah, the inner dialogue right. he has is is like the best parts in the movie, man. So I was along for the ride right from that very first scene of him yeah. chilling in that de- uh, defunct WeWorks uh, yeah, stage. But loved I actually, it. yeah, I love yeah. that too. I was yeah. like, all right, so. Yeah, yeah. I, no, there's a lot. I thought it got better on re- rewatch too, where I saw people like, "Oh, this is a movie I'm only gonna watch once." No, I think you should I, watch it more. Yeah, than I, I, yeah, I can rewatch this movie several times. Yeah, so that this movie's climbing in my mind, but like I said, I think it's still at least a top ten movie for me for the year. But it's uh, it's climbing, man, because it's fun. Like I said, the only thing is just that the ending it just didn't make me. It didn't send me. Like usually with a lot of Fincher movies, you're like just. Oh, just the rugs pulled out from you or like you just feel like destroyed by the ending. The ending just felt like, okay. Yeah. He completed his. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't much more to it. So and there wasn't any kind of like big messaging or any kind of other stuff that's like a big takeaway. So that's the only thing that makes me drop it as far as like my Fincher ratings. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But it is probably, you know, I liked it probably better than Mank. Even though oh. Mank has a lot of high points too, it's just a different kind of movie, um, so it's hard to compare. But it, it makes me feel like, damn, this is him just like, oh, you're gonna take Mindhunter away from me? Bam, you know, <laughs> let me toss this little thing out there. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Um, but yeah, the holdovers. Anything else you're looking forward to this weekend or catching up with this weekend? No, not really. Like I said, I'm with you. I'm going to try to go see the holdovers, and then we got Thanksgiving week, which for me it's it's Napoleon and that's Thanksgiving. a gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, especially because you're talking midweek. So yeah. that's a lot. Um, and then uh, Netflix has Rustin coming out, uh, the Coleman Domingo civil rights film that's coming out for that. I'll have my review on what's on Netflix.com for that as well. Um and yeah, we'll see where it goes because I I'm, I'm I'm flush out of TV shows I think at the moment. Yeah, me too. Now that Loki and Gen V wrapped up and everything else, so we'll have to figure something out there, Shane. Got to beef up these episodes for the the people who <laughs> tune in. So uh, that's right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but all right, do the right thing, people. Subscribe, uh, give the five star reviews, say a lot of nice things, tell a friend, do all that. Check us out on the socials at Recent Act Pod. Twitter and Instagram. I refuse to call it X uh, for Twitter. Uh, And thank you guys for listening and be sure to come back next week for more recent activity.